0: Learn more at Marines.com. David Bednar pitched really well in Los Angeles last night in the All-Star Game. But I gotta tell you, I am way more moved by something that happened out there earlier in the day. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Bednar pitched a scoreless eighth inning, walked one, and got a bunch of ground outs for the rest. Uh, Looked a lot better in that uniform than he had in his regular one leading into the break. So good for him on more levels than one. But man, good for everybody who would love to see the game become a more fair thing over the course of time. The Tony Clark, the longtime head of the Major League Baseball Players Union, earlier in the day told members of the Baseball Writers Association of America, including Alex Stumpf of D.K. Pittsburgh Sports, that, well, the union was open to a salary floor in the most recent negotiations, first time that ever came out, and that they actually entertained the idea of making it match what's at the top. You know what that's called? Yeah, that's right. It's a salary cap. And who was the only nutcase talking about it? the entire time. Ooh, ooh, raise his hand, raise his hand. Right. And I'd been labeled as such by a whole heck of a lot of people, including, I should add, regular listeners to this program. And that's fine. We're all entitled to different views. But I'd maintained over all those months and what appeared to be a situation that had threatened The season that we're currently watching, that it was always in play and that it always should have been in play that the union would listen if a cap system were responsibly broached. And as some of you will recall, The national writers would bite back at me and say, are you crazy? The union will never go for this. Why are you even talking about this? When, in fact, what was really going on was that the national media was carrying water for Scott Boris because he hands them, as he used to hand me when I was on the beat, on a regular basis, big hot exclusives that make you feel like, you know, big hot reporter which I'm going to acknowledge I did back when I was doing it all the time, you know, at least in those moments. There were also down moments. But you don't bite the hand that feeds, and Boris knows how to feed, and those guys all went along with it. The union will never go for this, never go for this, we're never going to write about this, never even going to mention it. They wouldn't use the term. You could waterboard them, and they wouldn't say salary cap. Well, Tony Clark didn't say it yesterday either, but he might as well have, because the way he described what had been discussed was, and I'm quoting now, that the union was willing to have a conversation about a mechanism on the bottom that's akin to the mechanism on the top. That's a cap system! How many times have you heard me say that There's no such thing as a cap without a floor. It doesn't exist in any sport anywhere. It doesn't work as just a floor and it doesn't work as just a cap. And yet all baseball has right now is a de facto cap. You can call it a cap. You can call it a luxury tax, as they do in baseball and the NBA. It's all the same thing. The difference is what's a hard cap, soft cap, where the money goes, how it gets redistributed after the fact, all immaterial. It's a cap system at its core. And the head of the baseball union sat at a table in front of a group of those of us in the Baseball Writers Association of America, and acknowledged having entertained that discussion. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. So why am I bringing this up? Is it a told-you-so thing? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, when you're that right for that many months and people are telling you that you're that wrong okay, (laughs) you know, allow me, uh, you know, an eight minute lap. Because after that, after all those writers, including all those national guys who are all in that room, hear that, they can never again say that the union won't listen, that the union would never ever go along with a discussion like that. So what was it that went wrong? Clark went on to say it didn't manifest itself which doesn't really amount to much of an explanation. But he'd eventually clarify that the owners were looking for something at the top that they felt was too restrictive. Now, you'll also recall that when the owners brought this up in their very first proposal, the one that everyone kept telling me didn't really matter, didn't really matter because it was all the way back at last August. and never went any further. It did matter because at some point the union actually listened to it. The union and I keep using this term, entertained it. But what the union didn't like was that the top was set at 180 for the new luxury tax, which was going to be absolutely low and unfair to the players, and that the bottom was set at 100. And that's a pretty tight range to go from 0 to 60 like that, figuratively, not the actual numbers. I'd have been in favor of something even along the lines of 200 and 100, 220 and 100. But the important part was going to be, as I kept saying, people just didn't seem to understand it for the most part. Not you, of course. You're here every day. But others, they hear the word cap, and it's a lot like global warming, which was the worst idea anybody ever had to label climate change. Because it gets warmer and it gets colder and it gets all kinds of other things that you're not expecting. That's what climate change is. But somebody called it global warming once. Every time it gets cold, they say, aha, look, no global warming. It's just a bad terminology. Salary cap is a bad terminology because it implies that there's just a top and there isn't. Every cap system has a top and a bottom, has a ceiling and a floor, every last one of them. And when Clark was further asked to talk about the four teams, Against which the union a handful of years ago filed a grievance, including the Pirates, the others being the Marlins, the Rays, and the A's, the ones you would expect. He said, Well, you know, there's still some concerns that we have, and he just wants to leave that open ended. They're not going to act on it, they're not going to pursue it, they're not going to push it. But he did say that they'd had some discussions with individual teams and with Major League Baseball about individual teams. And again, you got to be sure that the Pirates are one of them, and that they've been somewhat encouraged by some movement, but it hasn't been enough, which of course it hasn't, not on any front and not in Pittsburgh. The cap slash floor system, no matter what they would have called it, would have forced the Pirates, the Rays, the A's, and by the way, there were 12 total teams at the time of these talks that were spending under $100 million. They could have had all 12 of those teams above $100 million. You know who would have gotten all that money? Right. The players. The ones that Clark's supposed to be representing. You know why they didn't get that money? Right. Because Boris. Because Boris actually runs the union. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1 Q comes from Tim, who asks, from the perspective of the concept of the league punching back, what is the pitch that O'Neill Cruz seemingly can't handle? Are Major League sliders that much better than what he was seeing in AAA? Is that it? Um, No, it's not that simple, Tim. Now, O'Neal has struggled with off-speed stuff compared to fastballs in a big way and in a demonstrable data-supported way. But also, you can just watch with your eyeballs. In Denver over the weekend, uh, which was probably the low point of Cruz's hitting life, he was just grossly overmatched by the off-speed stuff that he was seeing. And it wasn't just sliders, but it was a lot of sliders. Now, are the sliders that much better in the bigs than they are in AAA? Yeah, of course they are. They've got more movement, they've got more bite, but more important than that, these guys know where to put them and can execute the pitch for a strike. That's the biggest difference. In the minors, as baseball people will tell you, you'll see sliders and you'll recognize sliders, but your instinct in seeing that slider is to not even attempt to hit it because, you know, more often than not, the thing's going to miss. For those of you who go way back with this team, you'll remember Mike Williams, the closer, who really had nothing but a dynamic slider and an an 86-mile-an-hour fastball. Remember that? So you wondered constantly, why, why do teams ever – go up to the plate and swing when they recognize a slider. Well, they kept doing it. They kept doing it. But you know what? When the smart teams would face him, they wouldn't do it at all, and they would draw a bunch of walks, at which point he'd be forced to throw meatballs, and those 86-mile-an-hour fastballs would go out at much greater speeds. In Cruz's case, two things happened to him, particularly on this trip. One was he went into the box determined to not swing knowing that he was going to see a bunch of sliders. And guess what? He'd see them, and they would just plop in there for strikes. He'd just watch them go by. The best pitches of his plate appearance were called strikes, meaning the most hittable ones. Second, and this was something that Derek Shelton had explained to me on the trip out in Denver more than once, Cruz was seeing a lot of lefties. He saw a lot of lefties between Cincinnati Milwaukee, Miami, and finally out in Denver. So in addition to everything else that was complicating matters, he was he was getting a lot of left-on-left, left, a lot of dynamic sliders, wipeout sliders, but also well-controlled sliders. In fact, I probably really shouldn't bring this up, but hey, this is, you know, a forum for the truth, right? When Cruz came up the last time on Sunday, and he hit that big RBI single, uh, smashed the thing down the third base line. He was fed three straight fastballs by Colorado's pitcher. Why? I'll never know. I can't begin to imagine what would have gone through the head of Colorado's catcher, or their pitcher, or the people who are their game planners in the dugout, or whoever it was that called those pitches, but it was the dumbest thing you could ever imagine given that Cruz had already whiffed one, two, three, four times on the afternoon and all following the same pattern. However, he got his hit. He had a moment where he could breathe a little bit. And according to Shelton, he's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. He's not going to see as many lefties in the future. By the way, the Pirates have seen a ton of innings against lefties, more than most teams. He's going to have to fight through it, though. He's going to have to find a way to hit lefties. He's going to have to find a way to recognize and swing at sliders. It's part of the learning curve. He just got here. He doesn't have fatal flaws. He really doesn't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.